0: i was raised up believing i was somehow unique like a snowflake distinct among snowflakes unique in each way you can see and now after some thinking i'd say i'd read a functioning cog in some great machinery, serving something beyond me. But I don't, I don't know what that will be. I'll get back
1: to you someday soon. You will see. And welcome to No Filler the music podcast dedicated to sharing the often overlooked hidden gems that fill the space between the singles on our favorite records. My name is Quentin. I've got my brother Travis with me, as always. And today we are diving into Fleet Foxes' 2011 release, Helplessness Blues. Um, Travis, I know you're excited. I just want to hear your sweet voice before I fucking keep talking.
2: Oh hey, how's it going? <laughs> Q, what would you think of my um, my solo episode that I was that I had dude, to release?
1: Man, you're just looking for me to pat you on the back. You saved us, dude. You saved us. Um, something happened last week when we recorded our sidetrack episode for the Black Sabbath. My recording was all fucked up, and it turns out my MacBook is just flipping me the bird, dude. Because it's still I can't figure out. out what's wrong with it. I cannot record on it right now, so right now I'm recording on my other laptop. I'm using Ableton right now. I sure as hell hope that it sounds good, because if not, we're in deep shit. I mean,
2: Ableton is legit, dude. Uh,
1: yeah. We'll see. It'll be fine. Everything's fine. I thought you were
2: using Audacity for a second. Hell no. Okay. No,
1: dude. Yeah, you should be um, fine. So, anyways, the reason I wanted to just hear your voice real quick because i'm going to talk a little bit here and we're going to dive right into our what you heards, because we got a lot to cover today um on this album there's a lot of clips i want to play um i'm not going to get into it now but um, let's start with you dude let's 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 listen to what you've been what you've been heard <laughs>
2: <laughs> okay this is what i've been what heardin'.
1: you heard dude what you've been listening to this week
2: this is what i've been heard into lately uh so I've actually been sitting on this one for uh for a while because we did our heavy metal episodes, right? And this guy would not be appropriate to play for the Black Sabbath episode. So, I had never heard of this guy uh, up until maybe a month ago. He is a singer-songwriter. Um he uh, pretty much started in the early 2000s, right? But he has a very, like, eclectic mix of sounds that he... Like, I, I went back and listened to his earlier stuff. Um, and, like, he's kind of all over the map, especially with this this album that I'm going to play a, a, a clip from. This guy's name is Cass McCombs. Have you ever heard of him?
1: Okay, I've heard the name, but I can't say that, that I know what, what he's up to.
2: Okay, yeah. I'm. I, like I said, I had never heard of him before. But um, I think... I'm trying to figure out how, how I came across him, but it was a... Um, It was a related artist's shuffle on Spotify, and I can't even tell you what the what the artist is that I was listening to. But anyway, I'm just gonna get right into it. So he had a album that came out in twenty sixteen, which is his latest album. He hasn't released any material since then. And it's called Mangy Love. Came out in twenty sixteen. The song that I'm playing for you is the first track on the album, and it's called Bum Bum Bum. And you'll know why it's called that in just a second. Anyway, here we go. This is called Bum 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 by Cass McCombs. Mm-hmm. delightful yeah yeah so i think i'm i was drawn to him immediately uh, for his lyrics i just you know you can tell you can you can tell when you're listening to a singer songwriter uh when when they're a lyricist you know like you can immediately sense that like you know the way that they're putting words together and the way that they're they're phrasing things and and whatnot oh uh, yeah
1: dude that's man that ties in really well Exactly, with Robin Pecknold and Flea Foxes. Man.
2: Exactly, yeah, that's that's one of my main draws to Robin Pecknold as a musician is yeah. just the way he tells stories through his songs.
1: Same. And stuff. So anyway, um, uh, dude, yeah. I, so this is Cass McCombs. Cass McCombs, yeah. Okay, so this is what this is what he goes by, right? Like this. Is, yeah, that's his name. That, that's, okay. yeah Okay. Um, I loved it, man. It reminded me of I don't know. It kind of had a clientele vibe. And the way that he sings, not so much like the guitar, yeah, like the composition, anything else like that, yeah. Also, um, a band that no one else knows about, probably, but this it kind of reminded me of Youth Group too.
2: I don't know if I agree with you on that one. Okay, Youth just, Group, just
1: the, just the way that he's sang. Okay, and I just mean, just I can, voice, I can hear, honestly. I can hear
2: a little bit of um, clientele, clientele. I mean, clientele has got that thick English accent. Right When he sings But yeah I mean it's more of a soft Like Cass McCombs has a softer delivery At least on this song Like I said He's all over the map On this album Yeah um, So but, I know, know this
1: guy's been around for a while When
2: when did this Yeah this came out in 2016 This is his latest album But he goes back to 2001 And so like What's interesting Is he He's kind of been like a supporting act As far as like The bands he's toured with He's never had his own uh, Headlining tour but listen to the bands. Oh, really? he, yeah listen to the bands that he's he's performed with or toured with Ariel pink cat power band of horses andrew bird arcade fire the shins iron and wine the walkman so like wow pretty wow. much all the bands from that era the early 2000s the era that you and i have such an affinity for like this guy was like just kind of a circling around like the out the outset of that you know what i mean
1: yeah, so so if you're a fan of, of these bands, chances are you've Yeah, you may have seen this guy Cass McCombs Live. Yeah, you may if
2: you if you saw any of those bands that I mentioned back in the early O's, you may have seen mm-hmm. Cass McCombs open for him and, and maybe forgot or, or didn't realize it. So key what you been heard?
1: <laughs> I appreciate that, brother. So um, I've been listening to um, this guy his name is Christian Matson he's from Sweden he goes by uh, the tallest man on earth and I've been getting back into him lately because I picked up a, his uh, debut album Shallow Grave um, I honestly didn't think in a million years that I would find this album uh, as an LP anytime soon
2: that's one of the greatest uh, that's one of the greatest uh, moments in any, any uh, record collector's life
1: Q I know dude seriously like especially when you think... stumble
2: upon it in, in the wild you know you're just like Whoa, yeah boy, there it exactly. is exactly
1: yeah, um, so you know, so I've been going back and listening to his other albums. Uh, he's one of my favorite singer songwriters of the last decade. Um, there's just something about him. Uh, for me, mainly, it's it's so his voice is very unique, and and what and his lyrics are very personal. And um, I mean, just like Robin Pecknell, dude. I mean, we're just we're just bringing artists. For our what Herds that that tie in really well with Fleet Foxes, and yeah. that and and his guitar styling is it's very unique. He does a lot of finger picking, um, and so I'm not a guitar player, but I, I'm you know a lot of what he does is it, it's a lot of very unique tuning of the guitar as well. A lot a lot of uh, you know very similar to to what Nick Drake did, um, so. Uh, This album is called There's No Leaving Now. It uh, came out in, I believe, 2012. Yeah. And uh, the track I'm going to play for you is called Leading Me Now, and it's track three on the record. Mm
0: Somehow you've all. Always...
2: I was really digging that guitar and his voice. I could take or leave.
1: Yeah, dude. So here's the thing, man. I I remember the first time I heard Christian, um, it was a while ago, dude. And, and I remember I sent you a song of his and you said the same thing.
2: So I didn't like it back then. Yeah. You didn't like his voice. At least I'm consistent, you know,
1: I guess. Um, and that dude, I mean, that's a, that's a running theme on this podcast, dude. One of us, either hates or loves a band and it's because of the the singer and the way that they sing the reason i love christian matson i i love the tallest man on earth so much is because of his voice dude he's just it's you know it's all the imperfections and it's just really like vulnerable and it's just out there it it just feels like every song of his that i hear feels like like a a home recording like a diy it's just him and his and his guitar, you know. Yeah. Um, I just love him, uh, and that's fine, dude. You don't have to enjoy his music.
2: Yeah, we 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 know all about um, disagreements on
1: voices from <laughs> yeah our our Sabbath episode, so that's fine. Yeah, just wait, man. We got a few episodes that we're planning on doing in the next the next couple of months that that we're really gonna be <laughs> we're really gonna be getting into it, dude.
2: <laughs> yeah, for sure.
1: Alright, so, hey dude, let's go ahead and just get into it, man. So, there's four songs that I want to share from this album today. Um, And we got a a couple clips, I think at least two clips for each of them. Well, not at least, we have at most two clips from each of these. But um, we got a lot to cover today. So, let's talk about Fleet Foxes a little bit. Um, I don't know, so... I don't know where to start i don't know if we want to really like dive into their history that much but if you don't know fleet foxes this is a band um lead frontman singer songwriter his name is robin pecknold uh they're a band based out of seattle washington and um i mean what would you call them dude i mean folk they're a folk band for sure so let's. Here are the. Here's what their
2: Wikipedia page lists out: indie folk,
1: Americana, baroque pop, folk rock. Baroque pop, I like because yeah, Pecknold. I don't really know his background as far as like, like his musical, like his education, you know. But I feel like I don't know the word baroque just makes you think. Like you know, I mean, classical, right? Um, and when you think that, you think classically trained. And when you listen to a Fleet Foxes song, you know there's a lot to it. It, you know, it seems like he's very humble. Like when you when you listen to him in interviews, and um, I was actually just watching a live clip of them the other day. I think from this year actually uh, at this Pitchfork Music Festival. They had this horn section, uh, this group of musicians that they had that was touring with them, and uh, he kind of introduced them like halfway through the set after they had been playing a few songs with them, and he said, um, you know, he's like, uh, let's give it up for these guys. You know, the we've got some real musicians up on here for once. Hmm. You know, so this is a guy that doesn't think too highly of himself. He's very critical of himself as a songwriter and as a musician. But well, when you listen that, to a Fleet Foxes song, it is very um, complex musically and like harmonically. You know? Yeah,
2: yeah. The fact that he he doesn't consider himself a real musician is almost laughable. Yeah. You know,
1: right? Exactly. Because right. the yeah, because yeah, he writes he writes
2: such beautiful music. But yeah, not not only is he like critical of himself as a musician, but obviously or it's obvious through his lyrics that he's also very, uh, like introspective and like vulnerable. Just, uh, you know, when he, when he reflects on his life as a whole, you know what I mean? And that's, that's why you yeah. connect. That's why I connect with his lyrics so much. That's why I like his lyrics so much. Cause you, you feel like you're, you're connecting with, with him, Robin Pecknold. you know what I mean?
1: Yeah. So let me, let me say this dude. So with, with what you're saying there, I agree and I feel like that didn't really happen until Helplessness Blues.
2: yeah, I agree with you. Um, yeah, well, so so I was listening to some interviews as well. um and he was he was saying that helplessness blues the way that it or the reason that it comes off the way that it is as far as like being very like introspective and whatnot, is because you know, they came out with their first album and saw huge success, and then they go into the studio to write this next one. And, like, he's sort of reflecting on what has happened to them in the last, like, year or two or whatever. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that's why it's coming off that way because he himself is becoming very, like, reflective and vulnerable because all the success has just been thrown on them, you know. And now they see themselves in this situation that they didn't think that they would be in so quickly. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, especially
1: with their... I mean, their their genre of music, really, you know? Like, who would have thought back in... I mean, okay, so when did... So their their, um, self-titled came out in 2008. I feel like they jump-started the folk revival, I guess, you know? I mean, like... Yeah, I mean, if you think about it... Like, when did Mumford & Sons fucking jump on the scene? I mean, I... Dude, I don't. I'm not a big fan of them. But, Me neither. You know, like, I feel like that was around the same time, and I don't know who came first. Nah, but, man. Like, well, no,
2: actually, you're right. Yeah, it was about the same time. It was around the yeah. exact same time. So, yeah, this is just that was just the time for for, for that kind of music. Yeah, that's probably why Philippe Foxes saw the huge success that they did because we were just, we just had an appetite for that kind of music for some reason back then. Yeah. Um. But yeah, dude, yeah, we, we had talked about with Kings of Convenience how when they were doing stuff in the in the Earlier two thousands, like two thousand three, two thousand four, that was when that quiet is a new loud type movement was happening with right with right. Uh, with the quieter, uh, you know, acoustic type songs, and so like, like Peter Bjorn and a, John
1: and, and yeah,
2: and, uh, uh, and uh, I man, what are they called? Um, Bell and Sebastian and all them.
1: Yeah. So this is just.
2: Yeah. I feel like this is this comes from that as well, you know.
1: Yeah. So I think uh, what I want to do is just play our first clip real quick and then go from there because, so, okay. I'll, let me just say that I've listened to this album at, at least four times all the way through in the last week. Um, it is, so Philly Foxes have released three albums in the last decade. Um, it takes them a while to, to come up, to, to release albums because, Partly because Robin Pecknold is so particular with with recording and and with all that, he's very critical of himself. You know.
2: Well, he also uh, took a hiatus after this album, and he went he went after back this to, album. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He went back to school for a little bit.
1: Yeah. So, so they just came out with an album. What was it last year? Yes. Uh, Crack up. Crack up. Yeah. Yeah, and that's growing on me and it's you know it's it's really hard to pick but there's just something about helplessness blues um it's it's just something about it dude i i I, it's still my favorite uh fleet fox's release to date and it's mainly because of the lyrics um so let's start with with our first clip actually we're just going to play the song all the way through it's it's pretty short this is the first track on the album Uh, It's called Montezuma. What's the opening track on this album? Right off the bat, dude, the lyrics... One of my favorite lines that Robin Pecknold has, has come up with so far, dude. I just love the first line. Um, he says, So now I am older than my mother and father when they had their daughter. Now what does that say about me? I feel like for us at, at the age that we are, dude... Like, I feel like that's the reason this resonates so much with me, because we're pretty much the age that our dad was when he had us, right? We are. He was born in 1956. We were born in 87. So yeah, 31. We're, You're right. We just turned 31, man. Like, Yeah. Um. You know?
2: You know, it's the same thing that probably a lot of people in our generation, especially... Uh, have that have that uh, thought in their head, especially when, when you consider that a lot of people in our age group are waiting much later to have children, right?
1: Yeah, for for one reason or, or another, you know. I mean, it's just yeah. For, for a lot of us, it's just not on our radar right now at this age, and we're not going to get into that, man. No, but no like, no. um, you know, and that's something that that he, that he has talked about in a few interviews he talks about quote throwback bands you know where they're you know it's like it's it's a traditional folk sounding band right like yeah but yeah i uh, feel like
2: the i feel like the the word folk gets kind of tossed around anytime you hear an acoustic guitar you know what i mean yeah but i but um i i agree that that's what you call them i just you know they are more than just a a, a folk band you know what i mean yeah I don't know. But, but hey, let's let's I want to I want to read more of these lyrics because I okay. am just as in love with that line as you are. But I also like uh, the second verse. He says in death or in excess, both the slave and the empress will return to the dirt as naked as when they came. I wonder if I'll see any faces above me or just cracks in the ceiling. Nobody else to blame. I love uh. that. I love that man. Yeah. It's beautiful. He's talking about he, he's talking about dying. He's reflecting on his death. He he was probably what in in 2011 he was 20, 24, 25. He was twenty five because
1: he was born man, in. Man, not even that old, dude.
2: Yeah, no, he's, but like, he's talking about well, I see. He's essentially asking, thinking about the afterlife. He's saying, "Am I going right. to see faces above me? or Am I going to just see the cracks in in cracks in the coffin?" Basically, is what he's saying.
1: Yeah, yeah, I love that. No, line, and man. It's, so, it's, and it's dude, and, and this theme poetic. pops up again and again throughout this album. Um, it's it's basically Robin Pecknold. Well, you said he's probably around twenty four, twenty five when he was writing these lyrics. Yeah. Actually, you know what, dude? The, he was writing these songs like three years even before they released this album, A- around two thousand eight, two thousand nine. Like he was writing these lyrics right after the release of their their uh, self titled. Anyways, yeah, you know, you're in your 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 early to mid twenties. It's almost like he's thinking he, he's he's reflecting on his life as though is at a midlife crisis, but he's still really young, you know. And it's like, is this is this what it's going to be for me? Is there any turnaround? Like, is is this is there? You know, can I change my life around at this point, or or, or am I stuck in my ways? Like, you know. That comes up a lot. So I'm going to read some lyrics from a few tracks that we're not going to play today just because I love the lyrics so much throughout this album um, before we jump to the next one. So um, what track is this? Track uh, eight on the album is it's called Lorelei. Uh, we're not we're not playing this song today, but I, I love uh, the lyrics. Uh, the first first line in this song is so guess i got old i was like trash on the sidewalk i guess i knew why often it's hard to just sweet talk i was old news to you then i just i just love that song man. Yeah, it's a and great i love song. those lyrics um thinking of yourself like trash on the sidewalk but this is coming from a guy that's in his early to mid 20s, right? Like you're not old, dude. You know, I just, I just love that he's in that mindset while he's writing this album, you know?
2: Yeah. Again, and, he's just, uh, you know, he's, he's very vulnerable and he doesn't, uh, what I like about him is that he, he doesn't shy away from, from putting those emotions down on paper and then turning them into songs. You yeah.
1: Know? Yeah. So going back to throwing them, into the throwback bands category, but he says, you know, we're kind of different than that in the sense that most of our lyrics are very personal and contemporary. It's not like quote, let's end the Vietnam war. You know, he's kind of like bringing back those, those folk bands from the sixties and seventies, right? Um, their lyrics are not like that. His lyrics are very personal. And, uh, I, I couldn't find this, um, interview again I, I had read it once before and I couldn't, I, I couldn't find it again to, to quote it but he was interviewed again um, around the same time uh, and he's talking about this uh, kind of theme uh, throughout this album where it is very personal but he felt like this is something that our generation could really relate to um, because we are very self-reflective You know, yeah, like like he's saying, it's not about like a huge grow, like a movement that they're trying to start, like it was in the '60s. Hey, so we gotta dive, we gotta jump into the next one, dude. Let's do it. All right, so
2: the next clip. Now, this is gonna be, this is gonna be sort of a shift in, in sort of the vibe a little bit, for sure. Um, and this, yeah, and
1: hey, you know what? Okay, real quick before before we before we play this, I just want to so. Something that I didn't realize about how Robin Pecknold viewed their their self-titled, which again came out in 2008. He says, um, so he was interviewed by Pitchfork in 2011. Or no, I'm sorry, in 2009. So this was in between these albums. Um, they had asked him, uh, how would you say that the new songs you're writing are different from their first album? And Pecknold says, I think they're less poppy. He says, I listened to the first record again and I was kind of nonplussed. He says some of it I was into. Um, or I could see why we did that at the time, but some of it would we would never we would just never listen to again. <laughs> he says, so he basically he's saying there's some songs on the first record that he just can't stomach listening to anymore. He thinks that there it was too um upbeat so i i just thought that was weird and like looking back to their debut album like it's not i mean upbeat sure but like not in a cheesy way and not in in a way that i would think would be so cringeworthy to him that he couldn't even listen to it anymore
2: i mean i think that's just a perfectionist talking you know right i
1: I know that that he is that way
2: with, with 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 the music and you know i can relate too. you know if I yeah, look at, if I look at something that I, that I coded, you know, five, 10 years ago, it's like, Jesus Christ, what happened? You know? Yeah. Yeah. Of that's course, true. you know, you know, yeah. It's just, I think that's the artist, um, coming out, you know, plenty of people, if you're a creative person and you, and you create things and you know, whether it'd be like, you know, art, traditional art or, or whatever it's like you you're never really satisfied with with the way that it turns out like there's always things you can do to improve on it and that's probably just what he's going through and what's funny is like yeah if he's if he's saying that the stuff that they wrote on helplessness blues uh was less poppy, the stuff that they wrote on crack up um it's the same like it's way less poppy. If you want even more word. so than
1: helplessness blues yeah dude their latest album is is an album that you really do need to listen to all the way through to even understand like to even appreciate um, and that's not the same with helplessness blues um, yeah dude that's just Robin Pecknold as a musician you know like um, maturing as a musician so let's listen to track three which is our next clip it's um, it's called sim Salabim and we've got a couple clips. Um, really, it's—I mean, I'm not really separating too much. Like, there's not much that I'm leaving out, really. But there's something that that happens halfway through the song um, that I wanted to share. So let's listen to the first clip. It's—it's—it's it's, it's from the beginning of the song, um, and we'll go from there. Okay.
0: He was so kind, such a gentleman tied to the ocean side. Lighting a match on the suitcase's latch in the fading of night. Ruffled the fur of the collie neath the table. Ran out the door through the dark. Carved out his ears in the bar, then the earth shook, that was all that it
2: So, Yeah, that has one of those moments um that you hear a lot of in in a Fleet Foxes song where something just happens and uh you know, it's sort of it it moves you in a way, you know? Yeah. His music a lot of times it 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 moves you, you know? It makes you feel something.
1: I mean, dude, I'll, I'll I mean, I'm going to I'll bring it up when we play the clip, but I mean, there's a few moments in this album and it, this doesn't happen to me a lot when I'm listening to music, but like it, there's moments that just give, like gives me chills. Like yeah, Straight I up I chills.
2: I agree. I agree 100%. Um, and that's, that's hard. Like you said, that's hard to do. So when, it, yeah. And that's not something that, it's not something that happens by accident. You know what I mean? Like, he, right. you can't just be a mediocre musician and, 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 and pull that off. You know what I mean? You have to know what you're doing. Yeah and you have to know how to how to structure a song and compose a song and and uh you know use your your vocals and like levels and all that kind of stuff cuz in the, you know in this first clip that we played when when the moment happens you know everything just kind of comes in
1: yeah it goes um, right so along
2: with the lyrics too you know
1: yeah so i just want to um give a shout out to so one of the members of the band and and i know For sure that this guy's been with them since the very beginning because I remember watching this clip on YouTube uh, with them playing some of their songs from their very first EP, which is like the early years. I think it was – I mean, it's a self-title, but it's not not their – it's called the Fleet Foxes EP. It came out in 2006, and I know this guy was in the band at the time. Uh, his name's Skyler. Um, I'm not gonna try to pronounce his. Q. Name. He's the guitar player. Well, he's one of the guitar, but he he's the guy that plays the mandolin. Oh, Okay. Um, he's like the guy. Like if you're if you're if you've seen Flea Foxes live, because uh, there's a few members credited for playing mandolin, but this is the guy that that busts out the mandolin and plays it. And he's I'm sure he's the one that played the mandolin in this track. Um, he's been in the band since the beginning. Um, it's him and Pecknell
2: that are the founding members, so they're the only yeah. two that have been around. Uh, yeah, okay. since the beginning.
1: Yeah. So, um, yeah. So it's what mandolin and what uh, there's there's a uh, a string instrument like a violin or something, uh, and drums, but that's pretty much it. Like there's not that much going on in in this clip, um, but yeah what they do with these instruments again it it is very moving um and it yeah it just kind of pulls on the heartstrings dude and let's let's play clip two so the second part of this song is pretty much just a really cool like build up to this really cool uh just guitar like it, like this just builds up to this really cool guitar part, and then and then the song just kind of dies out, and it and then it leads into the next song. Really, beautifully. yeah, uh, uh, yeah. Um, another
2: another great thing about a uh, Fleet Foxes track is that a lot of times it's it's got it's got different parts to it. You know, it's not it's not going to yeah. follow your standard like verse chorus verse chorus. You know what I mean? Like they have a lot of different. You know, it, again, it's like this guy this guy composes music. Uh, you know, maybe this is why he gets why the Baroque pop label gets thrown onto it. But like he, he knows how to compose a song. Let's just put it that way. But yeah, let's listen to this next clip here. And that's how the song ends too. It just kind of fades out pretty much.
1: Yeah. And, and and it just leads right into the next track. Um God, it's so good, dude. I mean, you you can't not like stomp your feet and just like sway back. And, you know, like
2: Yeah, yeah. It it definitely yeah.
1: uh oh. Yeah. It's so good.
2: Yeah, it's 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 good. And and you know, I think this might go without saying too, but like this is one of those albums that you you really need to um to like spend some time with as far as like listening to it with some good headphones or just, you know, being alone with it. Right. I mean, I think that's, yeah. that's true for a lot of Fleet Fox's songs, you know, you need, you need to be able to focus on it and, and really listen to uh, the story he's telling and like the things that they're doing with, with the music, you know, it's just one of those albums.
1: Yeah. So um sidetrack real quick, dude, I don't know if, if this is just the difference between, no, I'm, I was going to say, I don't know if, if, if it's the difference between people that would consider themselves music fans versus just like casual listeners of music. Uh, yeah. I was going to say that, but, you know, I, I know a lot of, of people that, that are really into music, but they don't listen to albums all the way through. They just don't. Like, they'll they'll listen to an album and and pick up songs from the album and, and throw them on playlists to listen to later, but they won't uh revisit albums uh you know and approach it as like a uh an entire piece you know to listen to from start to finish but that's something that I've always that's what I've always done with music and I think you can agree
2: yeah I, I feel like um a lot of time you know of course I think it depends on the artist and the band if it if, if it's a band that, that that's just putting out a record um, dictated by a record label, you know, like a really mainstream band, there's, sure. there's going to be, it's not going to have, you know, hold on. Let me, let me, let me try to get my thoughts together here, Q. What I'm saying is like, to me, I agree with you that like, it's just better to listen to an album from start to finish, but it depends on the, on the artist, you know, if it's just some mainstream artist where, their focus is on the, on the singles and the rest of it is just literally filler, uh, right. then it's not going to have the, there's, you know, there's, there are songs that are obviously, you know, well, well, I'm going to skip over that one cause it blows.
1: Yeah. And you know what, dude, it's funny because, uh, I mean, duh, like our, our, this entire podcast is dedicated to the songs that aren't singles. Obviously right. that's what we're all about. Um, Yeah. It is worth listening to albums all the way through. the The thing uh, about the
2: thing about people who don't listen to albums all the way through is that they're going to miss the songs that yeah. uh, that aren't singles, and they're going to miss a lot of times songs that are better than the singles. You know, but that's the thing you right. got. You know, you, you it, it depends on the artist. You know, I and feel that, like
1: dude. And so you know what? Like, let's just say real quick too. Like w- with our generation, right? Like most of us don't listen to the radio, right? You go to Spotify, if you're into an artist, you're going to go to their Spotify page and a lot of people will just listen to the most popular tracks, right? Because Spotify will will set it up that way, that you can just push play on the most popular songs and they're just going to play them for you. And that's great. And, you know, but you're going to miss out on some really, really great songs um, if you don't give the album a listen all the way through. That's what we're saying, especially with bands like Fleet Foxes, um, bands like Kings of Convenience, um, you know, other other bands that we've covered on this podcast so far. It's worth a listen all the way through, and it's it's worth really dedicating an evening to, you know, or a, a jog through the park or something. You know, throw some earbuds on and just push play at track one and just and just zone out and listen to the album all the way through um yeah let's dive into our next clip
2: we're probably preaching to the choir on this one you know as far as like maybe if you're listening to to if you're seeking out a music podcast it's probably you know a safe bet to assume that you you're a fan of of music and you understand uh what we're talking about here you know
1: yeah yeah so uh i threw in an extra song um Yesterday, I listened to this album again all the way through. Yesterday, and we were only going to do three songs on this album, but as I was listening to it again, I just couldn't. I, I couldn't not play uh, this song, track five on the album. It's called "The Plains Slash Bitter Dancer." So this is the first time that that Robin starts to do this um, in his albums, and he does it on their latest album, "Crack Up." Where I don't know, I, I'm not sure uh, the process behind it. You know how how it happens, um, but he's got two songs that he throws on one track, but I feel like they are two songs. But he puts them together. Um, you know, these. Yeah, are, I think these I are,
2: think the, the ideas are are, are are supposed to be kind of joined. You know what I mean? It's yeah, two parts. Yeah, of the and same, I'm, not, song. I'm not sure how it's, a, it's like a it's a movement. It's a, it's a movement, you know?
1: Yeah. So this song there, there, so there's two, there's two parts to this song. Um, and it's two like distinct ideas, I guess, you know, the first part of this song is really just this really cool, like instrumental. I mean, not, it's not only instrumental, they also sing, but it's really just like, um, there's no lyrics, right? But they're singing in this. Yeah, And it starts part. off
2: very, very quiet.
1: You know? Yeah, very quietly. Um, and then they start harmonizing, um, just kinda oohs and ahs, right? Um, and then this clip will fade out with the second part of this song called Bitter Dancer, which is like the quote unquote proper song, uh, on this track. Um, and I just love I just love the way that that these two ideas combine into one song um it's just i mean we just when you're listening to it it just it gets you man this is one of those moments that that just kind of gets your hair standing up yeah yeah so exactly. um again this is track five it is the Plains slash bitter dancer
0: The tar seeps up from the ground Bitter dancer ever turning So was the day that you
1: I just, man, I just I just love the way that, that that those two ideas converge or whatever. I don't know how to say. Yeah, I mean it's the like... same
2: for a lot of their songs. I mean the way that this that that Robin knows how to how to like you said progress through a song and take you through an idea. You know, and like you know the
1: lyrics, right? Yeah, he says so. So he says, just as the sand made everything round, just as the tar seeps up from the ground, bitter dancer ever turning so was the day that you came to town and that's when like the fucking drums come in dude and like just the the way they harmonize and everything during the song it just it just fucking yeah and listen to the chills, next l-
2: l- yeah listen to the next verse dude you took a room and you settled in washed off the chalk from your weathered skin daylight sleeper bloody reaper you took a room and you settled in I just, yeah, the guy's, I mean, he's a poet, you know, he's poetic. He knows how to use imagery in his, in his lyrics. Uh, and, you know, I think there's, there seems to be a theme too with, with his lyrics of uh, nature, you know, and uh, earth, you know, like earthiness. and
1: Yeah. A lot of times he'll, um... he talks about
2: the ground and, and sand and, And ocean and all
1: that stuff. No, like like as you're saying this, like I'm I'm realizing this too, man. Like a lot of times he will find a way to relate, uh, like everyday uh, circumstances with like you know thousand plus year old processes. You know, like he's talking about um, tar
2: seeping up from the ground.
1: Yeah, tar seeping up from the ground. He he talks about um, the earth. Yeah, like in, in another another song that we're not gonna actually play today. Uh, towards the end of the album, one of the tracks, it's, it's called Blue Spotted Tail. You know, he asks questions like Why in the night sky are the lights hung? Why is the earth moving around the sun? Floating in the vacuum with no purpose, not a one. Why in the night sky are the lights hung? Why is life made only for to end? Why do I do all this waiting then? Why this frightened part of me that's fated to pretend? Why is life made only for to end? You know, like I mean, it's very existential. You know, extremely. Um, And but yeah, like he he is being very
2: uh, philosophical, for sure. Yeah, I I love it. Dude, he's just he's just a very reflective guy, man. He just thinks about all this stuff and and then puts it on paper. I
1: I think what I appreciate the the most about this album and about Robin Pecknold's lyrics, and you know, him just being fully aware of all this is that he knows that these are the kind of lyrics that people around our age can relate to um and he's confident in that enough to basically write a, an entire album that's that's nothing but that it, it's nothing but self-reflection um you know for for a person approaching his you know finishing up his 20s right like I mean the, the, the irony and, of the irony of that
2: is that when you listen to or when you you know when you look at what what's on the on the radio right now they're definitely not singing about stuff like that you know what I mean so
1: yeah you're right you're right so hey you know what let's just keep the tunes going man yeah so um our last song we're gonna play um I'm actually gonna so we've got two clips The first clip is going to be the song As You Hear It on the album. And the second clip is going to be from um, their concert at Haldern Pop, which is a music festival that happens in Germany. Um, And this is going to be from the same year that the album released. So um, anyways, one thing about about Flea Foxes and knowing this now, after listening to to this episode about Robin Pecknold, he is kind of a perfectionist. Um, if you get a chance to see Fleet Foxes do it, because you will, your jaw will be dropped for the majority of of the concert, um, just in in what they can pull off live. And I wanted to kind of share some of that with you. So this is another one of those, you know two song ideas um, combined, right? So we've got the first half of the song is called The Shrine. Um, Actually, you know what, dude? (laughs) I'm only playing, so I'm only sharing the shrine part of this song because I guess we should do a little like public service announcement, right? For this album because something happens in an argument that for me i just i don't understand why they did it uh and i usually skip over it when it happens but um in the second half of this song during the an argument segment of the song there's this like what is it a trumpet or horn
2: yeah it's uh it, it's a little bit uh it's a, it's a little deafening
1: it's, yeah, and it, it's and hard it's, to listen. They to. did that on purpose. Obviously, they did that on purpose. Sure. Yeah. I mean, um, it, it, maybe know, they're it, trying to. It's got to be reflective to, of of
2: of of the theme of the song, you know?
1: Right. Like that sounds like an argument to me, right? Yeah. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Basically, it's just um, the horn. Like uh, there's a horn that's just going haywire, right? It's not musical at all. Um, but here's the thing: there's two other songs on this album after this song that are worth listening to. So if you get to this part in the song and you can't stomach it, just hit skip. There's two more songs that are worth listening to on this album. Don't give up on it yet. That's my public service announcement. Yeah, so this is just The Shrine. Um, I've got two clips. One of them is going to be, as you hear it on the album, second part is going to be a live version. So here's clip one from The Shrine.
0: I went down among the dust and pollen to the old stone fountain in the morning after dawn Underneath were all these pennies fallen from the hands of children, they were there and
1: So, dude, again, like when I first heard this song, and I heard him just fucking belt that line. Um, what does he say? "Sunlight over me, no matter what I do." Right? Yeah, dude. But then, what's what's great about it is
2: he he is screaming literally screaming that line, and then the the very next line is 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 the rest of the band. Apples in the summer, all. Cold and sweet every day. Oh, I don't even know what this word means. A a a, a Pajan complete. I don't know what he's saying.
1: Yeah, no, but but I know what you're saying. Like he just like belts out. I mean, he doesn't hold back. Um, another thing that we didn't even really get into because we because we have so many clips to share with y'all today. I didn't really get into the the backstory behind this, the recording of this album and all that, but. Like, early on, Robin Pecknold's vision of how this album was going to be recorded was he wanted to, basically, he wanted to use only old uh, equipment, old microphones. He wanted to record everything on tape. Um, You know, he wanted to approach it uh, as retro as possible. And he wanted to keep in mistakes. You know, like, he wanted to have all the imperfections, and he wanted to just have that you know, he wanted to just bring you into the studio with him. Um, so their their producer just kind of went along with that for a little bit, but basically he he scrapped that idea um, pretty early on. Like you know, that's just is not going to work that way. Um, you can't have mistakes and imperfections in an album, but that's what Pecknold wanted, and that's the idea that he had. And when I hear the song, I can kind of hear that, and and the way that he just screams that line, you know. Like you can hear his voice uh, kind of crack in in a you know, a, like if you c- continue to listen to the song after we faded it out, um, you know, you hear those imperfections, and that's what just makes your hair stand up on him when you hear him sing that. And like you were saying, right from that part, it cuts to um, harmonies and really pretty Really sounding. soft and pretty harmonies. yeah. And even the lyrics, dude. Apples in the summer, all golden, sweet. You know, right. Um, let's let's go ahead and play clip two again. This is gonna be uh, the second part of the first half of this song, but this is gonna be the live uh, clip from uh, a music festival in Germany, same year that this album came out. So this is them fresh off releasing this album. This is them touring for this album. And just to give you some context, this is gonna be towards the very end of their set. And this was a very long set. They played for over an hour. This is like two or three songs towards the very end of their set. So again, this is The Shrine, clip two. This is a live clip from uh, 2011 uh, at Haldern Pop Music Festival in Germany.
2: Goddamn damn the part of yeah it, 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 yeah i mean it's really it's one, it's one of those things where it's like you know it, it's really hard to describe how powerful that moment is in that song uh, especially when you hear it live but i mean it, it comes across that way on on the actual track too i mean you can really yeah. hear um the emotion coming from from his delivery of the, those lines you know like his his voice yeah. almost cracks a little bit with emotion yep uh and it, really that it evokes emotion when you hear it man i mean i always get Dude, moved I by mean, that
1: part look like right now just thinking back to the song in my mind yeah. i'm getting chills
2: right it's that it's such a powerful moment i mean and again it's like there might be some people out there that that that, that are listening to us say this and are like, "What what the hell are they talking about?" Like, I didn't feel anything, <laughs> right. but I mean, right. you know, I don't know. There's just something about it, and uh, it just speaks to what a what a powerful, like, what a impactful songwriter he is. I don't know.
1: I don't know what else Dude, to say. Okay, let's just read. Okay, I'm just gonna read the lyrics. the The first line in the in that second part that we played. So he says. In the morning, waking up to terrible sunlight. First off, dude, like, usually when you think of sunlight, you think of, like, positive things, right? Yeah, waking my thought up there is this person, this
2: person is depressed and they just want to stay in yeah. bed. And they're like, you know, fuck this yeah, sunlight. Yeah, and he says,
1: all diffuse like skin abuse, the sun is half its size. When you talk, you hardly even look in my eyes. In the morning, in the morning.
2: Yeah. So maybe dude, it's a you know it's a whew. right. It's people going through a rough patch in a relationship. Oh, yeah, or something. dude. And then and then the second
1: line. Fuck it, man. I'm just gonna read it. In the doorway, holding every letter that I wrote. In the driveway, pulling away, putting on your coat. In the ocean, washing off my name from your throat. In the morning, in the morning, dude. Something's going down, man. Yeah. Something's going down, there's a breakup, there's something's happening, man. Someone is leaving for maybe the last time that this you know, this person might not ever see this person again. And this is all happening on a bright sunny morning, you know? Oh, dude. Yeah, it's, man, it's it gets uh, me every time, man. Yeah, I yeah. love this song and I love Robin Pecknold. And I love dude I only say this about a handful of people. Um, on this earth, dude. I am just grateful that I am, you know, that I am walking this earth with Robin Pecknold, dude.
2: You know? Yeah, I'm with you. I think Robin Pecknold is is uh, somebody who's going to be making music for a very long time, uh, with yeah. or without Fleet Foxes. You know?
1: With yeah, absolutely.
2: But yeah, here's the thing. I think one of the reasons I was drawn to Fleet Foxes, I think the first the first song of theirs that I heard. Um, I think it was um, it was probably hold on Mykonos far, was yeah, yeah it, was, it was it was Mykonos and I think you which were the is one on the Sun that. Giant EP right it was Mykonos yeah um, and you know it's one of those songs that um, you just don't hear many songs at least back in 2011 or I guess 20, 2006 2007 probably when that came yeah, out yeah
1: that was a long time ago man Um, uh,
2: there just weren't many bands that that made music that sounded like that. And I was just thrilled to be hearing new music that sounded like the stuff that came out in the sixties, because I've always felt that, you know, the sixties had songs like this, that just had these textures and these emotions and, and whatnot that you, you just don't hear anymore. And so like, I think that's one of the reasons I'm drawn to fleet Fox.
1: Yeah. So we got to wrap this up, man. This is going to be a long one. Um, that is our take on Fleet Fox's second studio album, Helplessness Blues. One of my favorite bands of all time. I hope we were able to get across the, the reasons why we love this band so much. With yeah, the I think the songs, the clips today.
2: that we played, I think certainly illustrate just how incredible this album is. There's a lot of songs on here that are, that are much more um, lighthearted too, you know, I think we played more of the serious songs,
1: yeah, um, well you know, so the, the intro clip was the the um, title track the title track, Helplessness Blues and that's a little bit more upbeat, same with um, Lorelei, which is a song that I read some lyrics from, but we didn't share, it. and same with uh, Battery Kenzie. yeah, so anyways yeah, yeah, there's dress. some upbeat songs on this album, but we wanted to focus on uh, the more um complex complex and like serious and uh existential songs yeah because that's what we love about revin pecknell and 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 the lyrics that that he comes up with and the way that he you know owns up to you know being a millennial uh you know who's got a message to share and knowing that uh as a millennial he knows that we can relate to these like Self-reflective um, lyrics. Um,
2: I think it's yeah, you know, man. it's not as if we're the first generation to be self-reflective.
1: Of course not. Of course not. Uh, but anyways, that, that like that was that was something that he uh, kind of owned up to, you know, and like in a lot of interviews around this time. Um, so yeah, that's that's going to do it for us today. Uh, so our outro uh, for this for this episode is going to be on an album by van morrison you know the guy that sang brown eyed girl uh this is his second studio album so this is in the early days bro i would think this came up before brown eyed girl um and this is a song i'm sorry this is an album that robin pecknell loves and he holds dear you know I, i he probably puts this up up in his top 10 easily um but he was uh, listening to this album a lot and dude listening to this album it made me realize that I need to fucking listen to some Van Morrison dude um, good god this is a beautiful album um, I, I'm i not going to get into it that much because honestly I don't know that much about it again this is from Van Morrison this is his second studio album it's called Astral Weeks came out in 1968 i'm going to play uh track three from the album it's called sweet thing right off the bat dude just listening to his guitar stylings um the stringed instruments that pop up in this song um even the lyrics too like you can see where uh, robin you know found influence um in in this album uh so that's going to do it for us uh as always real quick you can always find more information on our website, nofillerpodcast.com. There you can stream our episodes. Uh, you can you can uh, listen to us on SoundCloud and uh, on iTunes as well. Um, check out our show notes on our website. You can find a little bit more about about um, the artists and the music that we cover on there. And that's going to do it for us. Check back next week for our sidetrack episode for this Um, album and this artist and um, my name is Quentin I've got my brother Travis with me as always (laughs) (laughs) my name is Travis my my name is Quentin
2: (laughs) see y'all next time
0: The air cream water fall quench my thirst, And I shall watch the ferry boats And they'll get high On a blue ocean Against tomorrow's sky And I will never grow so old And I will walk and talk in gardens all wet with rain